we have to create the right vibe, you know, the energy and everybody at the organization has to feel so privileged to be here. It's, it's no other way. Thanks for listening to the Purely Arsenal podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Purely Arsenal FP for all the latest Arsenal podcasts. Welcome to another edition of a Purely Arsenal podcast. It's been a few weeks. We're back to gloat about the fantastic transfer window that we're having. We're just overjoyed that Neil Shah's here to discuss it with me. How are you doing, Neil? Yeah, it's been a long while for me. I know you two had a pod a few weeks ago, but uh, it's been a while. I've been in Exodus, haven't I? But yeah. Uh, yeah, glad to be back, boys. Glad to be back. Let's I'll see how we get on today. Got, let's get your Arsenal shirt on there. I didn't notice that before we started recording. Very nice, very nice. Yes. Representing. James is like me, you know, just very neutral. See what happens this season. How are you doing, James Johnson? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was too early for me to put the Arsenal shirt on. And, uh, yeah, yes. yeah. Go, go with a grey hoodie. Keep it, you know. <laughs> there you go. Casual. There you go. I did. I did buy the new one, so people can give me yeah. grief for that when they say I'm giving Stan Cronky money into his pockets. But we've spent, uh, maybe not directly from him, but I think you know we've spent a little bit more. So we're going to talk uh, about directly transfers. from you. Yeah, directly, directly <laughs> from me. Exactly. Exactly. They, people, when people say I don't care how much we spend, it's not our money. It is our money. Because we're a self-sustaining model, so it's exactly our money, really. Um, and and uh, when it comes to Arsenal, you you do have to be a little bit concerned, I think, with how much we're spending. And we're going to get to that because we're going to talk about the transfer since we last finished. Because me and James were on about three weeks ago, I think, and we basically said Neil wouldn't have liked it. We said White's done, Lukonga's done, and Tavares is done. None of them were announced, and they all happened, Neil. Um, so that's what happened. And then now. Uh, we can discuss poker the face. signings, yeah, poker face, yeah. But we can discuss the signings now because they've officially been announced, right? If this was a day ago, Neil would not be willing to talk about it until it came up on the old Arsenal Twitter page. But now we can, um, now we can just discuss it. My Zoom thing's going crazy. Hold on. Um, so now we can discuss all that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the transfers. And um, let's start with Neil. Neil, we've spent uh, roughly, we spoke about it. Pre-pod about 130 million. What's your thoughts overall on the signings? Just to go through with them, if you need a little bit of a review. Obviously, I haven't had a chance to see some of the players yet, but Ben White's come in for for 50 million. Tavares is in for about um, sort of 10 million as a backup left back. Um, we've got Laconga in as a central midfielder for 20 million, and then just recently we've got Martin Odegaard back on on a 30 million deal from Real Madrid, which seemed like it was our number one target. And then Aaron Ramsdale, who's got a lot of um, mixed reports and reviews from from fans that maybe I mean James watched him a lot. I personally haven't seen a lot of him um, to be honest, so I'm not going to judge him as yet. But a goalkeeper, big outlay for a goalkeeper. We'll say that much, no matter who the goalkeeper is. I think he's, um, I think it's the sixth most expensive goalkeeper ever. I think sure. so. Um, that's where we're at with it. So, Neil, but what's your? Over- I mean, before we sort of discuss, obviously, the the poor start to the season, and there's mitigating factors there we can discuss. What's your thoughts on the overall incoming so far in the transfer window and how it might look coming into this season? To be honest, I'm not overwhelmed. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying this. You know, normally we get excited by transfers and incomings and especially with Arsenal because we're not known to be the club that makes big money moves, uh, especially if we haven't got rid of players. And um, 
to find that we've spent 130 million or whatever it was that you were saying earlier, Jack. I'm like, I'm not overwhelmed. I don't know whether that's because of our season that we've had and the poor start we've had. Uh, I know it's only one game, so don't beat me up, fans. It's just It's just one game, so I get it. But I don't know why. I feel happy for the fact of Odegaard because we've seen him. I, I presume it was one that we always wanted to get anyway. Uh, and we know, we've seen what he can do and what he can bring to the table. Um, and I am excited about the two youngsters, uh, Taveras and I'm probably saying their names wrong, uh, and Okonga, isn't it? Um, I, but then again, I'm not sure how much of those two players he's going to utilise. We'll wait and see. But it looks like overall he is starting to give the youngsters a chance. You know, we saw the likes of Balogun make an appearance. We saw Martinelli start, but then was that due to the the illness, illness of lack of... release there, Aubameyang. I was confirmed. They just waited 10 days. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't buy it at all. Um, so, uh, and Ram, let me just quickly start, a quick overview of all, all, all of them. Ramsdale, firstly, I want to say the abuse he's received is unacceptable. Don't like that. Yeah, that fans is, being idiots That is again. a joke. I don't think they're fans. I just think they're absolutely disgusting. I don't like that at all. If you don't, if you're not happy about a player, you're not happy about a player, you don't have to sit there slamming him and abusing him. It's, just, it's not that far off to what Saka received, you know, uh, after the penalty missed. It's, 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 a, it's a different level, but it's still abuse and I don't like it. So I'll put that out there straight away. Um, I, I read a little bit about him and he's had, he's been at what, four or five different clubs Sheffield United, then he went back to Sheffield United in the end after you know, going to a few others. And he's getting all the abuse because all the clubs he was at were relegated or something. Um, it's not exactly his, all his fault, is it? It's the, the team relegation is down to a team and it's, and it's management. It's not just down to the goalkeepers. So I find that a little bit odd. But he did win awards, I think, in the seasons that wherever he played, Young Player of the Year and all of that stuff. And he, he is... Liked. I don't know too much about him. James probably know a bit more, and he'll 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 obviously you know tell us his thoughts. But I just think just give the boy a chance. At the end of the day, he hasn't played for Arsenal yet. We don't know what he's about. Is Arteta going to play him or not? Is he still going to favour Leno and then Ramsdale will just be on the sidelines? We'll have to wait and see. But we let's judge him when he plays for Arsenal. That's all I'm going to say. Um, the other uh, uh, Ben White. I don't know. I like him, but I don't know too much about him. Um, I know all I know of him that he seems to be suited in a back three formation rather than a four. So it just really depends again on how Arteta sets the team up. And this is my thing. I was saying earlier that, you know, it doesn't matter the level of players that you bring into a squad. You know, they could be Messi and Ronaldo and Mbappe and Neymar. You can bring in all the world stars. If you don't play, play them to their strengths and you don't play the right tactics or style that suits their play, is it going to make much difference? I don't know. So it's really about how Arteta comes about this season and what he does, what he does differently to last season with the new acquisitions he's got and the players that we already have in the team. How does he play them? Does he play them to their strengths? Does he, does, do, does he form the right mix of players? So for me, I need to see a bit more of that before I can judge the signings. Um, like we, like I said, Odegaard, we know about him. He's, he's had some games where he hasn't really been in the mix, really. But then he's been, then we've seen him in other games where he's been brilliant. My worry initially, remember James, I used to say, I don't want him usurping Smith Rowe. Um, and then we saw Arteta play, him in a, play them together in a couple of games and it kind of worked, but he's now been given the number eight. 
Smith Rowe is a number 10. You guys know better about the mix of players and the formations, but I, I'm glad to see that. I don't want him taking over his Smith Rowe because for me, Smith Rowe is the number one in that position. Has to be all day long, although Odegaard can play there as well. So having that play, kind of playmaker, box the box midfielder, Smith Rowe is kind of like that, but Odegaard maybe uh, filling some of the gaps that we've been missing of making that creativity, giving us that creativity. So we'll wait and see. Um, not disappointed. I'm glad he's there. Um, but I'm not overwhelmed. And then again, with, with the, young, the other two youngsters, Tavares and Akonga, I haven't seen so much about them, but what I have seen, I like it. They're fresh. They're exciting. They're full of energy. They're moving forward. They're confident, I think. Um, so overall, as I said, not overwhelmed, but not unhappy either. Yeah. Yeah. Let's um No. Yeah. No, I, I, I see where you're coming from with a lot of those. So let's go with the, the newest. Obviously we discussed the first three a little bit, James, on our last podcast, didn't we? And we'll go back mm-hmm. to obviously seen a little bit of Ben White now. Um, and we've seen a little bit of Laconga and, and, and I've liked throughout preseason what I've seen with Laconga and even, even against Brentford, I would say was probably one of our sparks alongside Smith Rowe, to be honest. Um, obviously he definitely looks like he's, he's ready for premier league football. Now it's just about like, you know, you know how he progresses and, and I want to see more of him really, but let's start with, um, Odegaard, James, you were obviously, you know, we were talking a lot about the options in creative space. We knew we were going to get someone in because we did it in January. Right. So like Neil says, you know, you don't want to limit Smith Rowe, but, um, and there was strong reports, but it was going back and forth about Odegaard being the number one target. And, but then obviously James Madison came into it. It would have obviously been a bigger outlay. I think th- there's no doubt for me, like whether you felt Odegaard was your number one choice or not. I, th- I think it's, it's a really good deal. If you look at the age profile, the player, the cost that we put on him when mm-hmm. there was talk about 50, 55 million earlier in the window. Um, and then, you know, our outlay for him is pretty good. And the fact that he's proven, I think to a certain degree, he can integrate whilst not limiting Smith Rowe's minutes, right? I mean, a lot of the times he was playing and when he played at his best, if if my recollection's correct, Smith Rowe was also in the team. Yeah. So those those games that I'm thinking of are Leeds at home, West Ham away, Spurs at home. Um, and even in the Europa League, I think people forget, you know, a lot of those away legs at, at Slavia Prague and Benfica, he was really important in those games. And then he got injured for the for the Villarreal um first yeah. leg and he came back off the bench for the second leg. And that was the only time we started to look like scoring in the whole to tie, to be honest. Um, so what's your thoughts? What do you think he'll bring to us, James? Obviously, maybe it wasn't your ideal number 10 target but or um, creative target, but it does seem like it was Arsenal's. And I think it's fair to say almost for every position, it looks like we have got our number one targets, whether we agree with them or not. Yeah. Um, see, that one in terms of creative player, and it was like, oh, Odegaard was the plan all along and everything else. I don't necessarily buy that because of the Buendia link. And obviously the bid for Buendia went in. So that to me is like, well, he clearly wasn't the first choice because if you could have got Buendia done, we'd be talking about Emmy Buendia now. We wouldn't be talking at all about Odegaard. Um, I think what happened is, is obviously when we got out bid for Buendia, obviously we went back to the drawing board and probably we looked at it thinking, oh yeah, Odegaard's going to cost us about 55 mil. But then to get him for the price we did, which I think is cheaper than Buendia cost, 
um, like you said a minute ago, that is an absolutely sensational deal. And I think for a player of that age, uh, again, a bit like how Lukonga was captain at Anderlecht, and I believe he's been captain at under-21 level of Belgium. Um, Martin Odegaard is Norway's current captain. So we're a club that lacks leaders. Okay, they're young leaders, but at least they're going and doing it. Do you know what I mean? At least they've got somewhat experience of doing it. And um, Odegaard, for me, I think for that price and for what he can bring, it's a really, really great signing. I know we don't want to tread back on the game on Friday as best we can. However, there was so much during that game where it was the same old Arsenal before Odegaard got there, where it was primarily being played sideways, mainly to the left, because we're very left side dominant for whatever reason. And Kieran Tierney's crossing a ball, which they're brilliant crosses, but we've got no one on the end of them. A player like Odegaard, for as much as I love Smith Rowe, and I think Smith Rowe's brilliant, um, Odegaard, when he's in that position, where he's got a bit more flair and creativity to him than Smith Rowe has, I'm not saying Smith Rowe doesn't, but Odegaard clearly has just a little bit more because he's a bit more of a specialist at it. Um, he will bring defenders towards him because of how good he is and his range of passing is, that that will free up wingers like a Martinelli, like a Saka, like a Pepe, and give them the space to go into that middle area and either cut it back or shoot themselves. So I'm very, very excited at the prospect of him being there. And like you said, I don't think it will curtail um, Smith Rowe because they've played together. And I know that Smith Rowe now with that number 10 shirt probably doesn't really want to be a wide man. So it's all about managing the minutes. But no, I, I think it will work. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy and uh, excited for Odegaard to come back because I think for that price and for the quality of player that he is and his age profile, um, we, we're going to have him here for quite a while, hopefully, and we can enjoy him because we, we need him. We, we need that kind of player desperately. Yeah, I think I saw a stat that says he created a chance one every 42 minutes, which was by far, I think Smith yeah. was second with 65 minutes. So like you said, he, he, he is a bit more, the only reservation, because obviously Odegaard was, as we talk a lot, it was it was probably my number one target in the whole window, no matter what yeah. position really. And yeah. the reason for it was mainly because his te- I feel his technical level is a lot higher than pretty much all of our squad. Not that, yeah. that that's not necessarily saying anything, but no. <laughs> it's, it really is more of like a Wenger-like signing, I, I feel. You know, he's very comfortable on the ball, play everything through him, and he's willing to make those incisive passes rather than the, the donut of shame, as um, T- Tifo Football, was it called, on, on YouTube called it, where you're just passing in new shapes and doing the, the Xhaka passes out wide to get your 98% pass accuracy. But... I think one of the players that could benefit the most from Odegaard playing other than Smith Rowe could actually be a Bamiang, to be honest, because when I remember Odegaard and that was the only time I really felt a Bamiang central under Arteta worked was when Odegaard was playing at the 10. And, um, the only reservation I really have for Odegaard is that I do really feel he is an out-and-out 10. Whereas, you know, like Smith Rowe, when you watch him, um, it, you, you can move him around that front three and he still seems pretty effective. But, I mean, I don't know if, about you boys, but I, I, whenever I watched Odegaard and whenever we played him, I felt like we played him in a 10. 
which yes. may didn't we yeah. right which may yeah, he played questions he played wide right for Sociedad yes quite he a did lot. however I'm like we got Pepe and Saka there yeah um, we, we don't need we don't really need anyone to play wide right so no which makes you wonder if we ever do switch like let's say for this weekend which we'll get to if we switch into a back three um and I know Odegaard's not cleared for this weekend because of visa issues and things like that, but how would he fit into that system if that was something we were doing, you know, more yeah. long-term? Because then mm-hmm. you, you basically take the 10 out of the equation, which was the trouble early on what Ozil had, wasn't yeah. it, when he was removed from the team? Yeah, I think, I think what he would do potentially is um, where, obviously, this weekend, probably it's going to be Lukonga in there. I think, obviously, party coming back, So, but I think he would play uh, Odegaard as sort of a number eight in that, yeah. in that fight. Or you could put Smith Rowe there, yeah. Yeah, and try and manipulate that sort of area as a sort of the, you know, higher up centre midfielder type role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's definitely, I mean, that signing specifically, I think, yeah, certainly a certain amount of credit goes to Edu because he gets a lot of criticism in, in fairness. And I think rightly so for certain areas. But, um, but now, Neil... Um, so we made those five signings, right? Which, I, uh, to be honest, uh, you know, whether we agree with the signings or not, we do have to say it does look like in terms of incomings, the club has had a plan and they've executed the plan so far in terms of incomings relatively well, right? I think someone said on, on another pod that, you know, it looks like we've pretty much, you know, gone and got the players that we've wanted, basically. You know, I know you said we would have gone and Brendy here and you're right. And there was also links to have, maybe having a bid with plus player for Madison as well. So it's hard with that one. But in terms of why, I mean, we were in for him for weeks, weren't we? Um, Tavares was done relatively quickly. There was no one else in for him. Well, Conga, same thing. So it looked like we went and just got our kind of first choice um, purchases in a lot of these areas. Ramsdale obviously been talked about all all summer long, hasn't it? No matter how much we tr- try to deny it on this point. No, no, no. But it was it was being talked about. But Neil, now with them um, sort of 10 days left in the window, do you expect any more incomings? And if you do, where would you like them to be? Yeah, I, I, when, I don't think we, we are complete yet. The biggest one for me is right back. Um, I, you know, we, we've got four or five players. That can, yeah, five players I can play in that position but is any of them any of uh, 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 you know the player that we need I don't know uh, and that and that we should have um, Niles and Cedric for me are probably the two of the uh, best of the best of the lot that we've got out there um, Niles we all know about Niles and he's not his unwillingness to to want to play in that position he wants to play in the centre uh, Cedric I like I've got to admit when I've seen him play I think he offers probably overall the most out of all of them, I, but I could be wrong. I, I did, I've always, I've always liked Chambers, but I'm not so sure. I don't know if he's got the pace uh, that we need. Um, so for me, right back, I think an, an, an outstanding right back is what we need because I feel that um, from what James alluded to earlier and what we've been, what we've been apparent for a long, long time, when we've been playing and down. Uh, the wings uh, it's always been our right side that's been uh, sorry the left side that's been dominant uh, you know we, we, we don't have to speak about Tierney we all know what he's about um, but our right has been lacking and I feel that has had an impact on Pepe as well I thought that Pepe started really coming into his own towards the end of last season uh, we started seeing what we paid for I've always liked Pepe I still have a lot of faith in him 
Uh, and I just think that uh, this season could be his season, but he needs that backup behind him. Um, if he doesn't have that backup, it kind of takes away a lot of what he could do. And I just think that if we need, if we can enhance that position, then it will help Pepe as well as help the team overall. So for me, a right back is kind of paramount above anything else. Um, where else could we see uh, a, a position for me? Um, I've hearing a lot of talk about a striker, but I, I don't know if both of Laka and Aubameyang will go. I think maybe one will go if there is going to be a departure. So aren't we quite already filled in that position where we've got the likes of Martellini, Martellini that can step in. We've got Balogun now. Um, I know they're not tried and tested uh, as much as we may have liked them to be. Um, but we've got, I think we've got enough. For me, I think we've got just about enough in the forward lineup, especially if Laka doesn't go. We might, they're still not, they're still not 100%. So for me, possibly someone to come into that position. But then again, even if we do get someone in a position, are they going to get much of a chance? Are they going to be thrown into the reserves or are they going to sit on the bench, which is going to do them no favours? I, I, I just think for me, it's the right back is the paramount round at the moment, from what I can tell. I think everywhere else, we're okay. And to be honest, I've got to put it out there. I think we have a squad, even now, even if we don't get anyone in, I still think we have a team capable of doing all right. It's just the way Mr. Eyebrow sets them up and how he plays them. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. And I think that's where people feel the un- they're a little bit underwhelmed. They know the coach manager is under a lot of pressure. A lot of people now, I think, are really lacking confidence in just believing in what this, the, the philosophy or, or the lack of system, the lack of style that we're seeing. Um, and, the, you know, now the, the signings are coming in and you look more at the squad in terms of the contracts that have happened under Mikel Arteta and it's really about as much his squad as it could be after being here for only two years. I mean, I, I said, you know, I don't think anyone's been back this much in a window in my time. Jack, Jack he, he's the most backed Arsenal manager of all of our lifetimes. And also to that, he's had four windows out of signings or renewals. He's done 23. 23 is a squad. So all of these people that keep going back to, oh, it's the Wenger players. Oh, it's the Emery. This is his team now. There's nowhere to hide. There's no hiding. Oh, he hasn't been backed. He, He has. He really has. He's, he's other than the two Manchester clubs in all the four windows that he's been here, we've spent the most. Only the two Manchester clubs have spent yeah. more than that. He's been backed, and yeah, he's made poor choices. Let's have it outright. He's made some poor choices, but when you either bring in and renew twenty-three players, you got nowhere to hide in it. This is your team, Mikel. So show us, because like I say, I'm I'm here, well happy to be proved wrong. But this is this is the time now. This this is it. With all this money that we've spent, anything under top six for me is a humongous failure. And that's not asking for too much. No, no, no I don't think so. No, it's do just I. not. There's, there's no I mean, I've way. lowered I've lowered my expectation of top four to top six. I, if anything, I've given you an allowance. Yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah and I, I, I agree with with that entirely. I know you're laughing. I know you're laughing, Neil, but that's the reality of it. I'm sat here as an art. When did we ever think as Arsenal fans will go? Oh, I'd love top six. I'm not. Top as six. I've always said, top I don't laugh. 
I don't laugh at you, James. Yeah. I'm laughing at the fact that you're yeah. right. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. No. That's how. That's, you know. That's how much we've fallen from grace. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, 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 I was. I've been talking to so many people over the last few months, and especially after the game, only on you know the other day, and we all come to the same conclusion. Everyone I speak to say the same thing. We all say. All we want is a performance. We don't even, you know, it's not even about winning anymore for us. It's about a performance. How bad is that? I remember the time where I would be so upset with a draw. Think about it. I wouldn't accept a draw. I'd go, I'll be depressed for the next 48 hours if we drew. Now it's about not even drawing. We just want to see a bloody performance. That's, that's the difference. And that's really sad for an, a club such as Arsenal. Yeah, and I, I like... I said before this window, although I'm excited about the transfer window always, no matter who the manager is, you know, I think the biggest the biggest thing you can do is, is get a manager in that has a really, really clear identity about how they want to play. And that, that doesn't require um big purchases and lots of changes to me. I mean, it, it just doesn't. Most most managers, if you look at them throughout history, they make those changes in terms of the philosophy of the team very, very quickly. They might not always win games, but you see the style early on, right? Look at Jurgen Klopp when he came to Liverpool. His, his, um, his results were patchy in that first sort of 8, 10, 12 months. Same with Pep Guardiola. But it was very evident how they were playing, why they were playing that way. They'd make mistakes in the back and things like that and wouldn't press the way they want. But it was very, very evident. And and that is not clear from our point of view at all. There isn't a... I mean, you could argue real basically that, okay, when we can, we try to play out the back. But beyond that, it's not a style to just keep going down the left side and whipping crosses in. That's not a style. That's just, you know, that's really, that's not, there should be a real method and way that we want to play and way we want to sort of progress the ball. And we're, and we're not seeing that stuff, but the hope here and where the signings coming is obviously better players, hopefully can implement something on the pitch that we're just not seeing that from the manager and, and the instructions not getting there. Do you, do you think these new signings, obviously we talk about the age and the profile, do you think that's been specifically done from the point of view of that he can have time with it? Because obviously when you're younger, you're a bit more receptive, especially when you come to a new country and like a new league yeah. and everything else. Do you not do. think that that's been specifically done? Because I think these older players are either, I don't really want to listen to you, mate, anymore. So yeah. I think it's, I think that's why it's been done as well. I think the the ages that we're looking at, because I think if we sign a right back for me, I think he's going to be between at least 21 to 26. I can't, I can't see this trippier link being that I can't see it personally. And then I think up front, I think it's going to be someone that's 21 to at least 25 as well. Mm, do you worry though with that? I mean, I do agree. And that's what makes me mm. think that we're in it for, if we lost Neil, as he just turned his camera, that's what uh, makes me think. He's probably, um, probably got to refill his water bottle. Got to refill. Yeah. But that's what makes me think we're, 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 you know, we're talking about maybe, you know, a possibility of, of changing of the, of the manager if things change. But mm. it's, it's, it's been so backed, not only in the players coming in, but in terms, like you said, of an actual specific agenda in terms of I'm yeah. going to buy young now. We're not going to do these things like Willian and, and, and we're going to stop this, which, which is, I'm absolutely fine with that, by the way. But that feels like it's a real um, backing of this manager to see this process through because these players clearly aren't going to peak this season. So it's about seeing it through. And um, that what made me think that unless things get really, really bad, 
they're going to support this manager through oh, yeah. And, yeah. and you know you know I'd, I'd rather that than be half half arsed in the middle mm-hmm. in a way do you know what I mean either sack the guy or back the guy completely to the hill until you fall off the cliff I guess but yeah. the, the worry is I, I, I don't want to fall off the cliff but um, yeah. but you know but I think my biggest reservation like Neil said James is, is, is the I do think it, I mean I think it would be hard to complain about this window at this point anyway from Arteta's standpoint but from a fan standpoint I think we've got absolutely every right to complain if we stop at this point and the reason for that is you cannot really justify the two purchases of a 50 million outlay for a centre-back when at the time of the window opening, or sorry, from the season ending, we had the option of renewing David Luiz, right, which would have been a cheap option, or you might have had to increase his wage a little bit, but it would have been a cheap option in terms of no fee. Or you had the option of actually having one look at your 28 million centre-back from France, who seems to be doing very well for every team he plays for, everything but Arsenal. Um, immediately when you decide not to do that, which people have told him to tell me, hey, he's the manager, but he doesn't want to go, that's fine. But immediately when you decide not to do that, that means you're going and making the centre-back position an absolute priority. You didn't spend 10 million, you spent 50 million on a centre-back to replace a 28 million centre-back, basically, um, to fill the boots of, of that void um, in that position. So, and there was no doubt in my mind that a right-back was a far greater need than a centre-back when you looked at the squad at the end oh, of the yeah. season. So it's just not, um, justifiable from my perspective to not get a right back in this season. And then when people argue about, well, he's got four on the books, what do you want him to do about it? Cedric was bought under this regime. So that is this regime's problem. Sort it out. And Niles was kept under this regime. So that's also this regime's problem. Mikel Arteta's problem. Sort that one out. So I personally am like people saying, we've got four on the books, don't you? That is their, they, sh- they need to deal with that problem, loan them out, pay them off, mm. whatever you need to do. Because uh, I think, like Neil said, right back is important for Pepe and, and Saka. I think it's really important for Ben White. I think it's yeah. more important than we even realise for Ben White. Yeah. I, I mean, there was a Brighton guy on, on Twitter speaking about how much better he was when Lamptey was playing. And then when mm. Lamptey got injured, he was a bit iffy. And um, he, he didn't look great against Brentford alongside Chambers, did he? Let's be honest. No. So, I mean, no one did. So uh, I'm not going to judge him too harshly. Well, that, but- well that's, the, that's the thing. You, you've spent a 50 million outlay on a young, you know, like I said, a young centre-back who's probably receptive and is willing to, you know, learn and hopefully work in this system we play in. However, he has gone from a team where he's been in a back three, well, back five, whatever you want to call it, with two absolute massive people. Units. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a Lewis Dunk fan. I've, I've, I've tooted that guy's horn for years. But that him and Webster very rarely lose aerials. And now we're expecting Ben White, who we've seen it with the goal that was scored. <laughs> He's not very good at the in the air. And I mean, David Louise, for all of his faults, was quite good in the air. That's one thing I would say is he's, he's not that bad in the air. But we're expecting him to do, you know, what Louise did with the progressive passing and everything out. But he's, he's not used to being in a force. So he's got to adjust not only to obviously playing for Arsenal and playing with these different players, but adjust to being in that four. I think 
Sunday, we will revert back to a back three slash back five. And you might see a different game from him. I'm hoping, I'm hoping. But uh, yeah, no, in terms of the Saliba decision, um, it, again, it goes back to what I say about these fans where there's a lot of them that go, oh, you can't throw away that outlay on Aubameyang. He's got to stay. You know, I, I've said it before as well. I say the same. I've changed my mind. I don't, I've watched him and don't think he's going to score. You know, he just doesn't look like scoring at all at the moment. So I've changed my mind on that one. But I don't think as a club, Arsenal can throw away a £28 million player. I know that it was under a previous manager and a previous regime. But I, I don't think we can write off nearly 30 million quid. But, but I mean, we're doing it, aren't we? we I mean, you're yes, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But we are doing because his values mm. decrease, even though he's playing yeah. well in France, but his yeah. contract's dropping down. Mm-hmm. So his value's decreasing. And we've given his number away. We're, we're not recalling him. We're not recalling him under Mikel Arteta. No chance. Someone else, maybe, but we're not recalling him under Mikel Arteta. No. Which, no, again, is fine. I think, he made, I think he made his mind up. Yeah. Yeah, he's got an issue. Ago. He's got an issue with him, probably yeah. beyond football as well. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's another thing with Mikarte. I mean, I, I was very supportive of him, you know, when he when he removed Guendouzi and he removed Ozil. You, you can only do that with so many people, though. Like as a manager, you, you got to pick your you got to pick your battles a little bit. It does feel like Mikarte has quite a few, like you said, the senior players that there's just mutterings and, and signs can't wait for the Amazon documentary of a of a falling falling out basically but um but I agree I mean my my and that's what makes me think that if we are going to be a, a back four um which he does seem to prefer generally um that the right back needs to be quite good aerially and it might he might need to be not necessarily the whippy right back of a of a lampty um you know or, or of a peak bellerin which is way gone um you know, it might have to be someone that is agile, but also also able to handle themselves aerially, which is why I like the, the Bologna lad, because he's basically a, a right centre-back a lot of the time, but he plays right back and he, and he can really handle himself. He's a strong unit as well and really fast. But, um, but so those are signs. Neil, um, in terms of um, sales, I mean, we're talking sales. I mean, what are you expecting to exit in the next 10 days? Because, I mean, obviously you just open the door and let everyone out if you could. But um, realistically, um, who are we looking to get rid of? Because you've you got to think not just about trimming the squad, but who do you really not want around that squad? Because of he's very big, isn't he, on, on sort of a group being together, similar mentality, all being really supportive of his methods. Right, That's why he loves beyond the football way, loves people like Tierney and, and, and Jacker, if you like, because you, you know they are, you know, fully behind him. Um, so, so who are you expecting to, well, who are you hoping to, to leave? I was expecting Jack to leave, but he's, he's not going anywhere. Um, yeah, I've come to terms with it, unfortunately. Um, uh, could William go? But no, that's not going to happen either, is it? People are hitting at that a lot, but no one's in for him, but hitting at that a lot. Yeah, but I, I still think he's going to be stubborn with that because that was one of his first... One of, was it his first signing? One of his first signings, I can't recall. But anyway, let's move on. Yeah, there you go. Um, Palacinac, please. Please go. go. We don't need a bodyguard anymore. Um, sorry, I James. Love, you used to love him. Who did? I did. No, I'd be. I'd be I, I loved. I loved Gabriel. The, it's the before Gabriel. we knew and knew more. Yeah, yeah. I, He's I joining um, Özil at Fenerbahce, apparently. By the way, but carry on. Is that is that what you've been? Is that true? 
apparently we're terminating his contract. He's going straight to Fenerbahce to join us, and that's what that's what the main wow. link okay. is at the Fair moment enough. with Kalashnikov. Yeah. Fair play. Well, they've well, they captain police for him because they, he's good friends with those or some police for him in that way. Um, sorry, James, but Enkatir mm, would be one. Would be one. Now you know you would, we would. Sorry, I touched on the strikers earlier. We have brought that kid, haven't we? Was it from Fulham? It's supposed to be amazing. Yeah, but he scored for the under twenty three yesterday. Did he really? Mm. I think he did. Yeah, he's supposed to be very good, but obviously, I think he'll spend the season with the under twenty threes mostly. Oh, he's God, 17, yeah, yeah, yeah. seventeen years old, isn't he? He's 17 no, years old, I'm... but he looks like Rooney when he was 17, basically. Yeah, oh, that's, oh, that's oh, it. Oh. <laughs> Throw him in. We need, we need goals. He does, though, doesn't he? He genuinely looks 32. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, but I think he's basically a, um, well, basically a Balogun replacement because Balogun's been promoted. But, but, um, yes, yes, yes. But, I agree. Um, who else is there? So let me think. So the right backs we were mentioning, um, Bellerin, he's got to, got to just cut ties with it. Real struggle. We? Surely. Yeah. Um, so Bellerin maybe one of the other right backs I don't know with, with Niles I mean for his, for his own sake and his own sanity is it good to keep Niles at the club I, I don't know I, I just don't know so but whether we, we get we cut, cut you know cut ties with him is a different matter uh, where am I thinking midfield who's in our midfield that maybe El Nenny I feel I don't know I mean I think we are we, are we going to be are we now top heavy now in the midfield area I'm not so sure. No, and apparently, we're going to keep him. Are we really? So apparently, that's the, that's what they're saying because he's got a year left, and um, I don't think anyone's. Well, he's not got a huge wage, but I just, I, I don't think we're planning on doing anything to the central midfield area now that Jack mm. is staying. I think Lokonga is, yeah. is kind of it. Okay. That's according what's to the reports. What's happened with Runnison? Is he still with us? <laughs> yeah, he's still with us. He's got COVID. He's isolating. He's um. Uh, um, we've told him to isolate for the season, actually. I'm joking. Um, but yeah. But, um, <laughs> what, what was that about? I mean, what? yeah. See, let's just, go back just to every the 10 days, just keep pinging his app. Oh, just, you've got to go and get, oh, he's still ill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Another close <laughs> contact. Um, <laughs> um, but, where am I? Where else are we missing? Uh, who do you think uh, we get defenders? money in for, though, Neil? Oh, so, so Eddie and Ketia, I'd hope we get some fee. Niles, I could. Yeah. I think yeah, Niles and, and Ketia. They're the, they're the two that I would say we get some money in for if we're struggling to get rid of someone like Bellerin. Because I would have thought, despite all the talks about Bellerin and all the negativity about him, I still think we could have got a fairly decent amount for the guy. Um, but realistically, Eddie and Niles would be my two where we might get some money in because the youngsters, obviously we've got rid of Willick. If Willick hadn't gone, we may have been talking about him, but I know you, I don't, I know you didn't quite agree with me, Jack, but I'm a little bit sad about him. And I don't know whether that's because of a good run with Newcastle. Um, maybe he came out of his shell. Maybe he showed everyone what he could do, but then it could be because that style suited him and Arteta style won't suit him. So it could all be, yes, we'll keep him. Look at look how good he is. He stays with Arsenal and all of a sudden it goes back to normal again. So I, I, for his sake, I'm pleased for him. But it's sad when you see a kid be brought up by Arsenal as a little youngster. It is a little bit sad. But then I think, you know, we've got to go beyond the uh, the sentiment, sentimental feelings with players. We've just got to be cutthroat and we've just got to say what's best for the club as a football team. So fair enough. So for me, Eddie and Niles would be the two that could bring in money. But I guess you guys will have more. Yeah, no, no, I agree with those two definitely, and I agree with you on Willock as well. It's a difficult one. I, I do see him probably doing quite well at Newcastle, to be honest. But um, it, it it was literally the only player 
that we've we've had a genuine proper offer for. I mean, look at you got Lucas Torreira out there, who we were lauding a couple of years back, and not only can we not get a fee for him, he's somehow getting paid to basically do a world tour. Um, I mean, it's unbelievable how we've we've got to stop. And I think Arteta is probably a party to blame here, basically canning people's value. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if you look at it, you said Eddie and Niles, but both their values dramatically drop really because of what Arteta has done with them. Right? I mean, he decided not to sell Niles, which at the time I understood, but I didn't think he would not play him again, which is basically what happened. And then Niles decided he was still playing secondary school football and wanted to play up front for a bit. They put me up top, mate, um, and all this sort of stuff. And then same with Eddie and Ketty. I mean, as James sort of liked him, but I mean, the timing-wise, we've known for a while Eddie and Ketty is not going to probably force his way through the first team. And in January, he said definitely not for sale. Um, when they were, when he was asked about it, Mikel Arteta, absolutely madness. But um, James, do you think anyone else but Niles already is going to get us some money in that maybe can fund the right back or, or wherever else you think we need a strength? Yeah, I mean, uh, you you talk about what you just said there with Niles and Ketia. There was at least forty five to fifty million quid on the table collectively for both of them. So you had a twenty million bid from Wolves for Niles. And you had 25 million on the cards from West Ham. And I've got that, I've got that on good authority from uh, obviously Dagenham and Redbridge got quite a good link with West Ham. So I got a few. That was in January, I yes. think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, a shock because yeah, they yeah. sold that Haller bloke. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I'm like, you had you had a good opportunity yeah. there to recoup quite. I mean, to be fair, the Odegaard signing has only really come about because of the money being there from the Willock sale. And uh, like you said, Neil, yeah, it's upsetting to see your Howland boys and, you know, these young boys that have been at Arsenal since they were eight and everything else go. But for me, like you, and you summed it up perfectly, he doesn't fit in with this system. Uh, Steve Bruce, even though I think Arteta's desperate, Steve Bruce reeks of desperation. And I think he's just literally rolls the balls out and goes, lads, just win me, just do me something, try and win me a game. I don't think he's got no real tactical uh, you know, nouse to him. I think it's just a case of run around. <laughs> and if you get up there, if you get in front of my strikers who are useless, apart from Wilson, smack it yourself. But if it goes in, great. If it doesn't, we'll just keep going until we hopefully score. But um, yeah, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. And I know Arteta's a huge, huge fan of the player, except we never see him. I think Nelson is another one that could could be on the way out. I think I think Nelson's another one that if someone comes along with a cheeky, you know, anywhere between 15 to 20 mil for him, I think... The problem with go. him is he's only got a year left. Yeah. So I can't see us getting... A, I, I think yeah. it's a person except... For, for like Eddie and Niles, I, I'd be surprised mm. if we get 10 apiece for him, to be honest, at this point. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, there's just nothing coming in. But... But... um. But no, I, I think I, it's it's really hard. I think I don't think anyone with the right frame of mind is going to buy William outright. So you're probably going to have to pay him off, which is going to cost us a ton of money. But that's the thing. I, I, I've said it on other podcasts as well. Sadly, with however good that Ozil situation was, you set a precedent there where the players go, well, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to bleed the money out from you until you pay me to go. Because we've all they've seen that Ozil do it, so they think they can do the same. That's what Kalashnak's doing right now, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Just waiting. Yeah, exactly. Which is really, really difficult and annoying. But um, for me, I think some of these players, 
I think you've got to also sort of force it. So where we've strengthened, I think it makes these people realise for definite, like, no, you're not in any of the plans. And I mean, Torreira gave a great interview where he's actually come out and said, look, my life has been turned upside down. Um, I wasn't really settled or happy in London. However, now I'm in a better frame of, you know, I'm in a better frame of mind. I've accepted the circumstances that's obviously happened. You know, I've done, obviously I'm still grieving for my parent and everything else, but I'm ready to come back to London, settle down and start again. But Arteta's just flat out right gone. I don't want you. So, and sadly, uh, the only links for him are Italy and they are skint. Most of the Italian clubs are, I mean, well, people go, oh, Juventus have got money. Well, yeah, but they've just low, it's bloody uh, Locatelli from Sassuolo's pretty much. Yeah, yeah, you're you're a two-year loan and then when we get money in three years' time, we'll buy you. This is why the other leagues really annoy me as well because um, there's no way that would happen in the English league. There's no way, let's say, for example, Sammy Abraham to Arsenal. There's no way they'd go, yeah, all right, we'll let you loan us and you pay us in a year. Doesn't happen, yeah. but in in yeah. other leagues, they the top teams just basically tell the bottom. Sassuolo was top six side, wasn't it last season? Yes, yeah. just yeah. tell them what to do. Just tell them what yeah. to do. Unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? But, yeah. Well, you know, as much as uh, <laughs> I do like the old Serie A, it's got a history of uh, favouring certain teams with uh, yeah. funds and a little bit corruptness else. there. Yeah. I tell you what, just to go slightly off topic, uh, we say we're annoyed as Arsenal fans with things. You know, there's going to be Stan Kroenke out protest. I don't think there could be any fans that are quite as annoyed as Inter Milan fans at this point. I mean, I know they won the title, but they've just gone and sold their best right back for 70 million. And they've sold their best striker that they've ever had, probably to Chelsea for 95 million. They've replaced him with 1.5 million, Eden Zeko and Dumfries, who's decent, but for 11 million. I mean, imagine that happened at Arsenal. You'd go, you'd have an absolute. Their their owners have gone bust. So that's. Yeah. And they obviously got rid of their coach that won the titles. I mean, that that is insane when you think about it. To see the price that Dumfries went for, you look at him and go, why? We should have been all over that. All over that, yeah. But yeah, he looked very good, didn't he, in the Euros? He's a really good player. All energy. And he would have have settled with us as well. Yeah, I think the only thing people were saying was that. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. wasn't. I mean, on that price, he was probably bought in pretty cheap. So we would have had a. a I, think, saying it, I think these links with Aaron's are quite promising, and I, it wouldn't surprise me. Norwich desperately need someone to score goals because Pookie's really dried up. Uh, he's getting on a bit as well. So I don't know if we would go, you know, Eddie and money for Aaron's because I think Aaron's isn't really over the 25 million mark anyway. Mm, interesting. I don't know enough about Max Harris, to be honest. Yeah. I hear a lot about him. He's English, isn't he, Max Harris? Yeah, I think it's never a case really of... really featured, as he, towards... I um, think it's a case of uh, another young English player that might be more receptive to what this manager wants. Just on that note, do you have a little concern about going too, too young everywhere and, and not having the leadership maybe from senior players in certain roles? Obviously, we do have certain seniors like Xhaka and Aubameyang, yeah. but they're the ones that we've really come into question. I mean, I don't know what yeah. you think about that, Neil, but do you have any concerns that we... I'm fine with going young. I'm, I'm quite supportive of it at times, but you do need that mixture. Do you have a concern that maybe in this window we're, we're, we're almost going too much to one side and that maybe one or two players with a little bit more 
more experience that went into the first 11, especially at places like perhaps centre-back where we've got a 20, 21-year-old and a 23, 4-year-old or something, Gabriel, um, that we might be just going a little bit too youthful and not have that sort of leadership and guidance. 100%. Life is about balance. And yeah. I think um, I think when, uh, when I think things work well, you've got a balance you've got moderation everywhere you've got balance everywhere and I think that's that's what we've missed and now it seems to be going from one extreme to the other um, I'm all for youth you know this I mean I've all been crying for the younger players to get a chance and to be fair to Arteta that's one thing he's done so I've got to give him give him you know credit for that he's, he's giving them a chance now so good on him for doing that um, but I do feel and I'm still going to be very old fashioned about this and you've heard me say 50,000 times before we lack leadership and I want that leadership being centralised and focal, focal, a focal point in one player. Everyone's going, yeah, but we've got leaders. I don't want leaders all over the pitch because you, you get, it becomes too dispersed and saturated then because those younger players, if things are going wrong, they're not going to look at five players to say, oh, are you going to you know, G me up? Are you going to tell me it's okay? We can still win this. You have that one mouth mouth that one person that will bark at orders at you that will say come on lads what are we doing and we still lack that and you know you guys mentioned captains we've got captains at the club I still don't see any leaders there even in the new crop I don't the only one that potentially comes anywhere close to, for me is Tierney and it's certainly not a Bamiyan as a captain and alright maybe it doesn't even necessarily have to be the captain it should be maybe it doesn't in this new modern era but we still don't have anyone really that can say, you know, what the hell are you doing? Um, so I'm old fashioned like that. And I, and I do feel that, you know, despite Louise's criticisms, um, he was that one of the older heads, that one of experience that could have helped. Even Lacazette as well, apparently is, is, a, is a good mentor for the younger players. So no, I don't want to go down the route where it's all an under 23 team that we're playing. No, of course not. I'm very happy that we're invested in these younger players because it, it sets us up for the future. But how, for how long, for how many decades it feels now that we've been playing for the future? You know, we heard it when we had the likes of Theo Walcott. Yeah, but this is for the future. You know, that's 18 years ago, or whatever it is. We're still now saying we're planning for the future. We always feel like we're in a transitional phase. I'm fed up of it. I want to start being successful. Again, I'm not a trophy hunter, but successful in the fact that we can watch, look forward to a game and we can look, I'm not even enthused about tomorrow. You know, normally I'd be like, oh my God, it's Chelsea tomorrow. Uh, let me get myself sorted out and planned how I'm going to watch it, where I'm going to watch it. It's like, oh yeah, playing Chelsea tomorrow. It's changed for me, that dynamic. And I want to go back to the time where I can look forward to games and with enthusiasm and feel that we are performing I just want to see that performance. I want to see the fight from all the players. And I do want to see a leader on the team. And, I, and whether what, this change with all these new personnel, we see someone emerge from that. Let's wait and see. But yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that, that yeah. I think it's too, too extreme. And you got the manager in his press conference yesterday as well, talking about, you know, oh, in two or three years time, when you find out how difficult I had it, you'll look back and thank me or whatever. I don't think that's productive. Like you said, Neil, um, it's 15 plus years since we've even won the league. It's too long. I know, I know we've had all, you know, stadium move and debts and everything. Now. It, it's too long. 
it's too long. And okay, the FA Cups are great. I love winning the FA Cup and what have you, but that stadium still has a lot of bad feeling towards it. I mean, the paint's chipping off of the sides. That's another thing the Cronkies have got to look at. They're talking about investing. You've got to invest off it as well. That stadium needs more than just a lick of paint. I think it needs to be completely, you know, maybe redone up. And you've got to associate winning titles in that ground because still so many people, me included, miss the old one. Yeah, no, he's he's got... um... It's got a lot to prove now this season. It's all on him. And that's where so we talked briefly and obviously stuff came out about the Brentford game, about four players, two of which wouldn't have even been in the squad, but um, four players um, testing positive for COVID. Don't really get the the lack of transparency. I mean, Kalashnak tested positive. Gabriel Elneny last season, it was announced very, very quickly. Um, it was a bit of a vagueness with Aubameyang's malaria stuff, but that was because... <clears throat> They were trying to figure things out and they weren't really aware of themselves, I don't think. Obviously, you had family stuff going on, which is completely understandable. But the COVID stuff, there's there's transparency with COVID because everyone needs to know about it. It's a public health issue. So the other teams can be affected and things like that. Um, So making um, people aware of it... um, it, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. There's, and we've, we've done that in the past. So when they bring it out now, of course, like Neil, you're going to have scepticism about it and start to question it. But ultimately... Do you, I, do you believe Aubameyang did? Well, I find it a little bit strange because firstly he says they have, then I know mm. I, I know all the stats, but then he says, you know, the whole team or majority of the team's vaccinated. And I'm like, well, okay. Um, so... So that, that's, but also I, I don't really, because when, when uh, I, I find it a little bit difficult to believe, but I'm not really sure how they can announce something like that without it being See, truthful. I don't, I don't know all the <laughs> rules and the regulations, um, but in the pictures that were released Thursday, he's running around in those, you know, lime greeny type shirts of Bamiyang, and he's in quite... I'm like, do they? Does that class as close contacts? Well, I or think, is, or is he was cleared, right? Got certain. He he was cleared because of a negative test either yesterday or Thursday. Mm. Mm. Um, which again is a bit strange because the requirement isn't to have a negative test. The requirement is to see out the isolation period. So that's a bit strange. Yeah. That's not the requirement because if it was you wouldn't be seeing a lot of these players because they don't test negative that quickly. So it's a bit strange. Um, mm. So I, I do find, and when he was asked about it at Brentford, this is really on Arteta. Um, he was so vague and off, but like put, put off by, he was like, I don't really know what's, so he was very vague yeah. on it, which made you suspect it's, this. I mean, it, if, it, it, yeah, but if the Premier League have said, you can't mention this because it could jeopardize, you know, we've promoted this. It's the first game back. It's possible, crazy, I guess. Yeah, but surely the public health need no, don't over, make aware yeah, of it. Yeah, overrides enough now. Yeah. With oh, it. Yeah, yeah, the public health need overrides. Yeah, the game. The game, and as much I love, you know me, we, we're sat here talking about. I love my football, but surely that outweighs that. Of course, I, I don't know. It's it, it's too. For me, it's not clear enough. It's yeah. too grey. It's too grainy. Still, I mean, you know, what, what started to... off the closure? What started off the initial closure? Ironically, it was Arteta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that shut down. And that's the importance of it. And then now, all of a sudden, it's almost used as a, as a almost like, oh yeah, we we'll use that as an excuse because we don't really want to. It's a bit yeah. odd why they're yeah. not being paid. I, 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 I'm not saying it's not true. Look, I, I mean, 
I, I'm, I'm being sceptical and I, and I just feel that I think there's something more to it. I mean, I, I've heard things which really make reinforce that feeling in me and I, I don't want to say it on air, but I, I know that Go there full David Icefield. Come on. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I can't. So, well, I think yeah, it's because, it's... you know, things haven't been quite right with Aubameyang and Arteta since mm, Spurs yeah. game, right? Oh, so 100%. then all of that raises questions. And ultimately, I mean, if, if we're questioning it, um, in the next 10 days, something's going to happen in the sense of, you know, one or one or both of them end up going out the door, right? And I don't think we'd be that surprised if it was Lacazette, but I think there'd be a fair amount of people that were surprised if it was our captain in Aubameyang, even though um, I wouldn't necessarily be still. But, you know, if the claim is right and that he's fit, then I expect him to start on Sunday if he's fit because we really don't have a striker that's um, experienced um, to, to fill in for him, right? And um, so that will that will tell us a little bit more. But it does, there seems to be, I mean, if you remember after the cup final and certain games, him and Arteta were the first ones to be hugging, talking post games. I mean, I've not seen that a lot for a while, I don't think either. So, you know, I, there's definitely something different there. I tweeted the picture of them together going, my manager. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Big, you know, we're miles it, away from that now, aren't we? Oh, yeah, it's a long and, time, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think I, I definitely think there's some there's some differences there. How big they are, we'll, we'll, time will tell. Because if we somehow get a striker in this window, I mean, that's the writings on the wall for Aubameyang. Then I think I, I but, just don't think he can handle the big egos, mate. Uh, no, and that's the that's why I said. But yeah, I, I get worried about a manager that's not picking his battles. I mean, you get one or two, even Mourinho is someone like that, but he, even he only picked one or two. Like he'd go to Chelsea. Do you remember when he went to Chelsea? And um, I think Mata was the player of the season, the season yeah, before. He, he and he off. bimmed him. And everyone was like, whoa. But he only did it to one player, almost to make a stand. Did it one player and everyone else was behind him. But if you list out the Arteta ones, it's a lot of people that have... <laughs> gone on his wrong side isn't it I mean Guendouzi Ozil right um, Mustafi yeah. maybe just yeah to a certain degree right Socrates maybe not maybe just sort of ease him out but there's a lot isn't there and then Aubameyang comes into it and there's there's quite a few Saliba um, that, that, that you can start to list it's quite crazy isn't it but obviously I don't like it even even if if it was COVID, of course that's serious. If it was, um, shouldn't be certainly shouldn't be using an excuse for that kind of performance or claiming the game should be off. I mean, people have had to deal with this um, since the start when you know, of last season when fans weren't in the stadiums. West Ham had cases and they had to play games. Liverpool did and they had to play games and that, and they went on and won those games um, at times or, or lost them, but didn't use it as an excuse. So I don't I don't, I don't want to use it as an excuse. We shouldn't be doing that. It's a really terrible performance. First ever Premier League game for Brentford. You should be going there and winning that game. doesn't matter who you put out on that pitch. With all due respect to Brentford. And even if you're not, you should be dominating that game. And I know we had something like 22 shots, but when you watch that game, um, it didn't feel like we were dominating that game whatsoever, did it? So I don't really want to touch on it unless you boys. So it was just a very, very poor start, wasn't it? How do we... I do want to touch a bit, obviously, on this Sunday's game because, um, you know, there's always hope, I guess. Um James, what do you think about the? You said you want to match up. Obviously, I think Lukaku is going to start, which is keeping me up at night. To be honest, it's so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you, you said you would start with a back three. But but personnel wise, um, what, what what are you thinking here? Ramsdale's in the squad. Um, Odegaard isn't. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's all I know really. And Aubameyang should be. Yeah, um, you know I can't hide from what I've tweeted about Ramsdale. 
Um, I'll get, I'm guessing it might have been saved somewhere for uh, people to come back. Screenshot it <laughs> all. Yeah, and attack me with. Um, but for me, you've made that outlay now, and it's a clear indicator that he's your number one. You see him as your future number one. So start him now because Leno has been here, you know, the whole 19 months that he's been in the rain. Um, before he got injured at Brighton, I will say he was arguably one of our best players. Uh, if not, you know, on course to be player of the season that year until Aubameyang obviously single-handedly won us a trophy and then um, won it himself. But the decline um, since that emergence of Martinez has been rapid. And it's not only in terms of his positioning and his shot stopping that's declined, his actual, you know, ball playing, which is what our manager wants our goalkeeper to do, And I think Leno's too scared to tell him, no, I'm going to go long because he's going to get bollocked when he gets back in the changing room. Um, I think Ramsdale is obviously younger. Like I said, could be more receptive to it. And uh, you start with him. Uh, So I would, yeah, I would throw Ramsdale in at the deep end personally and go your starting in goal. And then in terms of the wingbacks, this is very difficult because I'm like, do you... For however good Alonso was with that free kick that he scored the other day, the guy defensively is suspect. And I believe Chilwell is still a week or so away from properly coming back. So it's a case of at right wing back, do you go for a Cedric that's a bit better and, you know, he's got the whippy delish? Or do you go with a Saka or a Tavage and just try and just, just run them? You know, sort of the game plan that we had for Man United away in that it's just all the fast players and we'll just see what happens. We might nick something. So that's really difficult. But yeah, I bring, I 100% bring Rob Holding in because that's the guy that loves the duel, loves the battle. He's the only Argu- one, yeah. He's arguably, he's arguably the best in the air out of all of our centre-backs that are available. Um, Mari, I think, still keeps his place, even though... I can't see him playing Tierney as a left centre-back and then maybe playing Tavares on that side. So I think Mari's going to stay in there as well, just again for a presence and an aerial thing. And and then, yeah, I think the midfield is obviously going to be Xhaka and Lukonga because who else? And then I think Martinelli might start up front, which I'm happy for, but I do sort of feel bad that Balogun, you know, you had one game, one game only, and now I've thrown you to the side. But, he, you know, he could come on. Um, and then, obviously, you've got to go Pepe or Smith-Rowe or Pepe or Saka. Yeah. I tend to agree with pretty much all. I, mean, I don't, I want the Ramsdale thing. I, I think I expect Ramsdale yeah. to start midweek against West Brom is yeah. a natural starting yeah. point for him. Really, and- the, the wing-back one's really difficult. Yes, really, I, really I actually good. agree with you on the wing backs. So I'd go Tierney Saka to be honest, because it gets mm. it gets Saka. Obviously, Saka has to play. So, um, but in terms of that lineup, it, we did it against Chelsea away, didn't we? And I thought it was a bit weird, but um, but we did it. Again. I think we played Saka right wing back against Chelsea away when we won one yeah, nil. I think we did. I think we did, and I, that was the first time I was like. But obviously, you'd rather have a right sided wing back. But because all of ours are rubbish, um, we need to we need to find something different. But I do definitely agree with you. Go back three and with the holding decision. I think when you think about Lukaku. Obviously, Gabriel was unfit. 
I'm scared for Ben White, to be honest, directly on, on Lukaku because I'm not seeing it yet. Um, and Mari just is, isn't, uh, I don't know, he's looked really poor in pre-season at the start of this season, Mari, hasn't he? He looked a yeah. lot better last season. So, yeah. so me, I backed him and he's in, yeah. he's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's weird. Hopefully, too, he's having a real tough time of it, isn't he? And uh, But we've kind of got to stick with him. Neil, do you give us any chance? And um, what, you, what are your thoughts on fans being back? It's, it sounds like there's still quite a few <clears throat> tickets that are there to be sold. Um, that's, con- that's got to be concerning. That's, now, I understand with COVID and stuff, but it's 18 months away um, from the stadium. And here we are. And, and we might not feel the stadium against Chelsea at home. I mean, it's unheard of, isn't it? No, it's not the COVID for me. If we if we if we if we'd shown something very different against Brentford and we'd whipped them and won comfortably, I think you'd have seen a different out, outlook with the uh, the stadium. I couldn't believe it. And my one of someone someone WhatsApp me the other day and go, do you know there's still tickets available for Red? Now they've gone on sale to Red members. I'm like, for Chelsea? Are you kidding me? That was unheard of back in the day. I remember when I used to try and get tickets for the home games for, for the big, big, big teams, they'll be sold out within minutes or at least an hour. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't get them. Um, so this is, this is quite, quite well. Actually, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked, actually. Um, so that's, that's, that's where we are with it. Let me quickly answer the Arteta fans. He's in for a wake-up call. Let me tell you that now. I feel that uh, and as you, as we've all we've all said on the WhatsApp group, the fact that he didn't have fans, we had empty stadiums all the last season. I think has saved him. I really believe it. Can you? You know the performances we were. Forget, forget even the away games. How bad we were at home. There was that period where we couldn't even score a goal. Unheard of. Arsenal can't even score a goal. What is going on? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the fans' backlash at the at the full time whistle? And I, th- I, th- I think he has been very, very lucky. And now it's time for realisation. And if it, if it carries on, I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't, but if it carries on in the same way, Wayne, the way we're playing, he's going to have nowhere to hide. Nowhere. And he's going he's gonna to now feel the full, full force of the fans. And that's what worries me. I like the fact that he's a young manager, but the problem is mentally, how is he going to be able to deal with all of that? I think Wenger did very well when he was getting all that stick from those idiots. And, you know, he still had his head up high. He was very classy, but he had the experience as well. Arteta hasn't got that. You know, he's half the age of what Wenger was when, literally when Wenger was about to go. Um, and, and, I, and I feel that it's going to affect him. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. And uh, what was the other thing you asked me about where how we think we're going to get on. Um, well, if Martin and he does what he does when he scored against Chelsea that other time, yeah, all right, there was a fortunate slip. Yeah, I know, I know. But it was still a cracking goal. I'm not too worried if he plays up front in the middle. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get it from Balogun because, you know, I'm a big Balogun fan as well. But I think now I'm comfortable with Balogun because I know that he has been given his chances. So he's got a contract. I think I'm okay with it. I think he will switch and play a little bit more of Balogun stroke Martinelli. But I'm not too worried if we play him. If, if Bamming's not going to be in there, it's got to be Martinelli, hasn't it? Or Balogun. And I think it will be Martinelli. So I'm quite happy with that. And I, I don't know. I think we, we're so unpredictable. We go from being absolutely rock bottom and then all of a sudden we play a big team and suddenly we get a good 
good result. So I, I think because of that unpredictability, we might be surprised tomorrow. And I don't know whether that's just me being hopeful, because as, as scary as Lukaku is to all of us, I think you guys might be onto something with Holding because he did a job. He's done the job before. He seems to he seems to love playing Chelsea number one, like Bellerin does. To be fair, and also he seems to kind of be growing stature against the big clubs uh, at times. Holding does, so he could he could relish. He doesn't relish those one on ones, doesn't he? And he could relish that challenge against Lukaku. So we might be able to stifle him in a way. So that, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we might have a bit of a surprise. But at the end of the day, I've said it, we've all said it. Just want a good performance. I want to see us fight for the full 90 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, we'll probably plan for the back three for the next two games because of the City game coming after it. So I, I would presume that's what he's going to do. He could always surprise us and play a back four, but... Um, I'd be pretty surprised with that, to be honest, um, especially matching up against Chelsea and knowing what that like. And that, they look really strong, obviously, Chelsea. I expect them to win the league probably this season. So I think it's going to be a really tough game. But um, James, anything else on the Chelsea game and your predictions? So sadly, I, th- I think we're probably going to lose 3-1. Um <laughs> I'm, sorry to bring, I'm sorry to bring it down. We scored a goal my, at home. After it was my ovation speech. Um, oh mate, <laughs> mate I'm, I'm, I'll just 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 edit my bit out. Okay. <laughs> um, I I'm I've said it before. I've made my feelings heard. I'm I'm very very worried. Um, the only one thing I will say to caveat it is is that Arteta seems to be when he's absolutely at his at you know death's door. He does seem to pull it out, don't he? He does seem to luckily just escape. Just to um, keep his job for a few more months. Yeah, yeah. But the main thing you said, Neil, and I 100, 100% agree with you, mate, like I normally do, is he's had nine days. So he's had nine days with his players after that terrible, I want to see a reaction. Like Brentford losing out on these 50-50 balls and these second balls and everything. Like there was just no bravery. There was just no, it was so passive and weak. I want to see Arsenal in front of our fans, you know, properly. I know we had the pre-season games and everything else, but I'm like, this is proper Premier League. Okay, probably going to be empty. That's like, you know, it's quite sad, but I want to see a reaction. I want to see some heart, some desire and, uh, you know, bollocks, <laughs> mainly. Um, just, just, just... I can take losing as long as we've had a go. But if we completely just roll over and let them tickle our belly, then uh, I dread to think what I'm going to say if we do another podcast next week because I'm going to be fuming. <laughs> I know. And uh, worry worry a lot if we um, concede early, to be honest. Um, worry a lot yeah. anyway, but worry yeah. a lot if we concede early. Like so. I said, Alonso's sus. So I'm like, just, ru- just run them. Just have a go. Chewell's out, is he? Chewell's out. I think so. I is think he? he's still, yeah, yeah. But okay. I mean, that Chalaber that played for him, uh, that's come yeah. through, really good player, mate. Centre back, Really, yeah. really good player. And, uh, and they're still going to buy Kunde probably. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Um, Neil, what's your predictions? 3-1, loss for Joe. Well, I, I, yeah, I, 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 firstly, I'm going to say I think Chelsea are going to win the league. I think the, the, I think the Brighton's on the wall already. Um, so 
fair enough. So at least we can say we lost to the champions. <laughs> <laughs> well, well we, we might do it Leicester. Um, we might beat the champions twice. You never know. You yeah, know. yeah, <laughs> could do, could do. Um, um, and uh, do you know what, James? Just quickly add. Um, yeah, I hope we see a reaction also from the fans being there. But I still, I've got this horrible feeling the Chelsea fans are going to be louder. I just got this because obviously they're European champions as well. They're going to give that to us. Oh, it's going to be horrible. But let's see. Let's be hopeful. Um, what can I say? I don't know. I, I, I'll be stupid. I'll be a little bit pes- optimistic. I'll go for it. Which is 1-1. There you go. 1-1 one, one draw. Point. Another I'll point take, to I'll safety. I will take it. Another point to safety. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go a 2-1 loss. Um, but, you know, I mean... I think that's another thing, you know, after that loss, because you really expected to beat Brentford because you knew what the running was like. And now it really leaves him no room for for, for, um, for error. And, you know, I, I, I don't personally expect any sort of managerial change early, but um, it would really be hard to justify um, if we, if, let's, for example, lose this and then we lose West Brom. I mean... At that point, it's, it's going to be really, really hard to justify. But then it's just really hard for me to see us backing him so strongly. He's not, he's not allowed on the bus if he leaves to West Brom, mate. No, exactly. But with the backing so strongly. I mean, we, we say this, though. Frank Lampard technically was backed with £250 million, um, and then sacked a month or two later. But then I wake up and remember that was Chelsea. And um, they do that every year and we do it, you know, <laughs> once a decade. So then I realised uh, I'll tell you, probably get a new contract and a new title and uh, new wages and him and Jacker will sign it together on Arsenal. It'd be, nice be nice to see Arsenal spend 250 mil. Yeah, well, you know, Mark, mate. can you imagine? We're not exactly. You said it. Can you imagine Wenger had this money? Oh my God, we would, we, we would have won. We would have won the quad then. I know it is incredible. To well, I tell you what's really incredible, Neil, is that we've spent it before any real incomings of sales other than Willow. Yeah, you know it's very, I mean? so very strange. That, that makes you think that the money's there because you know what Arsenal are like. That makes you think the money is there anyway, in a way. Of course it is. Which, of course it is. Which, course it is and it, which makes me believe that maybe our business is not done because if we are doing one or two sales, um, but we've done all this work before it and we've been so comfortable in pushing an outlay, let's say for even a goalkeeper that let's be honest, could have easily been another Matt Ryan for a year who would have been cost us nothing. Um, So if we're so comfortable doing that, um, we're, we're either literally so fed up of Leno, it's unreal or we're going, it's fine because we'll be able to do our other areas anyway. I know, I know, um, I know they're heathens and what have you, but I think he's literally gone to his dad, old Joshua, and gone, Dad. Look, the Super League thing—they're really angry. That little phone call thing that we had—they're really angry. And he's like, Dad, you you might have to, you know, I know you don't like it, but I think you might have to spend some money here, Dad, to try and, you know, this is a good earner for us. This is a great portfolio piece, you know. Sorry, James, I don't buy it. I don't buy anything on Josh. Well, comes I out think, that no, they want to protect that asset, mate. So yeah. they're like, look, make it look like we're doing so. Plus, like I said, that Amazon, all the cameras being there. There's no, no you know, like I said earlier, there's no hiding from the manager. There's no hiding. Absolute yeah, joke. You, you watch, we're going to see it in about the first or the second episode. They'll have Josh and all them they do over oh, here. Yeah. They'll have a phone here, a phone there, one above the head. What do you mean? Oh, my God. Yeah, just imagine, it, like a- just imagine it already. I mean, 
already you've had four players with COVID announced 10 days yeah. after they got it. <laughs> you've gone to a team that's never played in the Premier League and been battered. You've spent 129 million. Um, you know, the, the, the next week, Odegaard coming back in. Um, imagine watching all that. I mean, already the first episode is going to be like Prison Break. I mean, it's going to be, you know, you're going to go, oh, I've got to watch the rest of this tonight. Unbelievable yeah. stuff. I mean, it could, it could really be such a circus that it's going to be unbelievable. Views. I'm so disgusted by it, mate. Oh, my God. Neil, we, get 10, we get 10 million for this Amazon doc. Okay? The, the, and that is paying for Lucas Torreira's wages. <laughs> the, most important thing, the most important thing to me is who they select as the fans to represent because oh, they always no, have no, no, please, they, no, they always no. have fans in all of the documentaries. No, 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 and I'm no, like no, no. I'm like, please I don't think they're gonna have any of that lot involved. So oh, you don't. really? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Mate, they sent them a cease and desist from uh, using that type. They changed from being Arsenal whatever to AF. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You remember when he first when he first started, he was having interviews with the players, with you know, I you know, Ivan. Oh, I'm gonna show you utter contempt, but you can pretend you like me, Gazidis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they 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 come full circle on what they thought about them. So I cannot see them in a documentary that's promoted not only by Amazon but also by the club having that lot involved. Yeah. Yeah, well, there'll probably, be, there'll probably be some new ones that we'll all go, oh, I can't stand him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. The fan, we well, know you need to get down to a few games, mate. Maybe you'll be on yeah. the, the fan yeah. team. I, I haven't yeah, been thanks. asked, so I haven't been asked. No, no, no me thanks. neither. I'll be overseas. So, yeah. Look, it's um, it's Chelsea Sunday, and then obviously it doesn't get much easier. Well, we got the West Brom League Cup game, and then we've got and then we've got Man City. But I said at the start of this, I think we both did. You know, we were looking at really 10 points from the first six games because I think our three games off that is something like Norwich Burnley Spurs or something around that zone Um, but you you were really banking on us beating Brentford at that point and then now it really looks it looks really really difficult and a really difficult task for him and like you said the reason fans aren't so excited is probably because of that such a poor start and poor showing but also I I think I think a lot of fans are struggling to really identify, um, you know, where um, the, what the intentions are of this football team and how they're going to play game by game and week by week. And with with, with that, you you lose faith and you lose trust in in the in the process or the lack of, um, if you like. Um, so he needs to nail that even more than results because clearly to the board, the results aren't that important currently. So if they're not, then let's really see. The, the philosophy and the process and, and, and start believing in something because if the results were important he wouldn't be here anymore let's be honest um, so we need to see that don't we so he's been backed fully no matter what happens in the transfer window I think that's hard to argue with to be to be honest so I, I don't even though we've had an excuse as of yesterday about the Brentford game um, from now on no more excuses Mikel well, no matter what happens no more excuses um, but hey Boys, if we can get top six, like you said, that's our goal. Top six, um, then um, I think I think we'd all take it now. Top six and a good cup win, FA Cup. 
bite your hand off for that right Absolutely. now, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, fans are telling me I'm, I'm being too unrealistic again. Sorry. Oops. Um, never mind. But boys, it was fun. Let's come back after the Chelsea if we batter Chelsea and holding elbows Lukaku in the ribs sends him back to really go on son get out um, it'd be great stuff won't it god alright boys thank you up the arse thank you for tuning in we're on um, at purely arse FP on Twitter um, we've got at LL Cool James 91 at Jack Tenguna and Neil your Twitter handle changed I've lost it off the top of my head at Guna go on underscore NS underscore NS I think it is Underscore NS. For, for, for this week, it might change next. Well, this week, Neil like Neil's got twenty six <laughs> different Twitter accounts. Oh and, yeah, um, right. Um, it's Neil at Guna underscore seventy NS. Sorry, un- underscore seventy TNS. Yeah, but if go go to our at purely Arsenal FP page and you'll see our Twitter handles on there. Obviously, Miss Michael today and Anthony, thank you for always uploading the podcast. We do appreciate. Um, you and hopefully we can get a, a mic back on and do a foursome talk but um, I know my timings are, are off so it's my fault completely um, blame the time difference from US to UK but boys we're going to be chatting a lot on Sunday um, hopefully a lot more after the game with excitement but that won't hold my breath um, up the Arsenal boys up the Arsenal <laughs> come on, on you guys <laughs>